Hey, this is Bruce Boudreaux, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 157 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. What's going on, my friend? This fucking sucks. Everything sucks. I hate everything. Let's just do this <laughs> stupid thing and so I can go to sleep. <laughs> so uh, obviously, you guys know this is being recorded on Thursday, February 23rd, getting released on Friday the 24th. Uh, had a couple technical difficulties on Tuesday, so we couldn't record. And man, was that a blessing in disguise, because we've got some breaking news that we will talk about here shortly regarding the Washington Capitals. But I will now toss it across the screen to my other co-host up in Wisco, Mac Vogel. What's going on, my friend? Fuck you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, that 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 happens, too. So not to like make matters worse, but <clears throat> it's a bad time to be a DMV sports fan, if we're being honest, because... Lamar is not going to resign with the Ravens. He's going to be gone. Uh, the Orioles owner, Max wearing an O's jersey for those who aren't on YouTube, uh, is more concerned with selling concert tickets for Paul McCartney than he is signing our superstars to extensions. And the Washington Capitals are or, not or re-signing the lease at Camden Yards, or me. re-signing the lease, at or, Camden, or just so. attempting a rebuild. I would say, but you know, it's just a uh, a tough time on on you know these two fellows in particular. So uh, you know. Thoughts and prayers, obviously, but we're going to get into all of the good stuff here shortly. It's been two weeks since we recorded a lot to unpack. Some of the stuff will kind of breeze over since it's a little outdated, uh, but nonetheless, we'll get rolling here. But before we do, uh, I think the two guys here, Mac and Nick, uh, had a little travels, some travels over our little uh, bye week, if you'll call it that. Um, and these story times are brought to you by Brackish Life. I'll do the ad read after they talk. Nick, I know you were that down in Florida for the Daytona 500. Why don't you tell me about it? I was, boys. Um, first time to Daytona for the 500 since I was two years old, so 26 years uh, in between trips. And also first time back in Daytona Beach since uh, my spring break trip there. So um, it brought up some memories, not, not many to be honest, but, um, <laughs> um, it was definitely good to see the old stomping grounds again, hell of a trip went down there with friends of the program, Pat and Marty. It's good to see you guys again. I know it's been two weeks since y'all have recorded. It's been three weeks since I've been on, uh, cause I was under the weather that week as well. Um, so it was crazy. I mean, we flew in Wednesday, um, got to go to like a car show like with like a bunch of old race cars at the streamline hotel which i'm the only one that's going to care about this but that's like where nascar was like officially founded and um yeah i was just in absolute car dude heaven um for those that don't know we were basically down there to uh help support and work with uh travis pastrana because that's marty's cousin so this guy's attempting to qualify for the biggest stock car race in the world. One of like the three or four crown jewels in motor racing that you want to win. If you want to be known as sort of like a famous race car driver, it's that it's the Indy 500. It's the Monaco Grand Prix and the 24 hours of Le Mans. And uh, Wednesday night, you know, he's not like a normal NASCAR driver. So he's got to qualify on speed for this race. And um, he did it. 
Um, there were two open spots, six guys competing for him. He was one of them. And just to say how big of a feat that is, the other guy that got in is a seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. Um, so absolutely amazing. It was great Holy to hell. see Travis hang out with him for a little bit. Um, we were hanging out with the Black Rifle Coffee team the entire time, um, doing some networking with them with the podcast as well. So stay tuned for that. Um Got to, you know, hang out with them pretty much every day at their event. He was doing signings and stuff like that. So that was a ton of fun. Uh, we ended up getting lunch with uh, Noah Gragson, the driver of the 42, um, which was awesome. That's sick. Um, super cool guy. Super down to earth. You would never know that he's like a famous race car driver. He's just a, a great dude and um, showed up to uh, Travis's Black Rifle event because Noah does stuff with them as well. And was like, all right, this sucks. I'm bored. You guys want to go to Outback? Um, so we all just like piled in his truck, took us to Outback, you know, of course, picks up the tab, such a beauty. And, um, Noah's from Vegas. So, um, mm. the first thing he says to me is like, oh, you're a hockey guy, huh? He's like, fuck the Washington Capitals. Ooh. Um, I was like, you know, well, sorry, dude. I, I waited a long time for that one, but, um, <laughs> this is where it gets really crazy. So after that, um, he takes us into the infield of the track, which for those that don't know, uh, there is a small lake in the middle of the infield of Daytona. Like it is that big, um, tracks two and a half miles long. So the infield on race day is pretty much like its own little city with these motor homes. You've got people that are RVing there. You've got all the drivers who have their motor homes there. You've got all the haulers that bring the cars and the teams in and out. And, um, we were just hanging out in Noah's motor home, having some beers and, these motorhomes are absolutely incredible that the drivers stay in. Like, I want one so bad. I don't want to know what they cost, but <laughs> I mean, this is, I'll, I'll definitely clip this and put a picture over it. It is like an absolute, like, state of the art living experience. You you just almost don't feel like you're in something that has wheels on it, if that makes sense. Wow. Um, yeah. So we're hanging out in there and there's a knock on the door. Oh, God. And the door opens. And it's Jimmy Johnson. Oh shit! Yeah, I like nuts. I just froze. Um, I didn't like freak out or anything, but I was like, "Holy, holy shit!" Like it's Jimmy Johnson, like yeah, seven-time awesome. Cup Series champion, um, <clears throat> absolute legend of the sport, and got to say what's up to him and hang out with him for a little bit. So uh, that's definitely a moment I'm I'm never gonna forget. Um, leaving Noah's Holler, we bumped into Haley Deegan. Uh, that was awesome <laughs> as well. Um, How was a uh, Yachtlander for that? <laughs> he was good. He was good. Oh, he was okay. very, uh, he was a little bit in overdrive with everything going on mm, with Travis, but, um, yeah, mm, yeah. it was, it was a ton of fun. Um, Frankie Munez was there cause he's racing Arca oh, cars cool. now. So well, uh, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. That's awesome. Malcolm in the middle that on uh Twitter. It seems like he's, he's doing well with his, it's like his new thing now. He's like all in on yeah. it. So that's pretty cool. Malcolm in the middle three wide boys. Um, so that was awesome to see him, uh, we ended up, you know, Pat and I were basically at the racetrack for probably eight to 10 hours every day, either doing stuff with Black Rifle or watching, you know, qualifying or practice or whatever. And just the race experience itself was out of body. It's without a doubt the most I've ever spent on one ticket for one sporting event, concert, anything. And um, where we get to the track the day of the 500 on Sunday at like, 10 a.m. There's already like 200,000 people there. Most people I've ever seen in my life, which I'm also in Daytona Beach. So just run that through your brain for a second. <laughs> um, so amazing people watching. But yeah, I bet 
like the buildup to the race was insane. Dirk's Bentley concert. He was fantastic. It's NASCAR's like 75th anniversary. So they had like Richard Petty there doing stuff and Bill Elliott's there doing stuff. And um, the Air Force Thunderbirds like went over the track like six or seven times. And where Pat and I were sitting, because where you want to sit for this race is as close to the top as you can get, because then you can see everything. Um, we went really, you know, down low for qualifying and practice just to, you know, feel the flybys and stuff, but we were up pretty high and I swear to God, boys, I feel like I could have reached my arm up and touched one of those fighter jets. They were so low. They were so loud. And, um, I absolutely teared up a little bit. Like it was, it was extremely like intense and emotional for that in the national anthem as well. Damn. Pulling a Sirianni there little bit and then uh not that bad though uh, <laughs> it's um, italian and, blood exactly and then the race itself was amazing you know travis started dead last <clears> and ended up going a lap down early on in the race the crew did a great job we were listening to them on the the headsets the whole time they coached him back through it he drove the absolute wheels off that car and ended up finishing 11th and had it not been for that wreck at the end, probably could have finished in the top five. So for a guy that has never raced in like a NASCAR Cup Series event to start last and finish that high in the most round stock car race there is, is it was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, I had money on that top 10 finish. I was pissed. <laughs> he was so close. Man, that sucked. But That's dude, awesome. it looked like you had a time. It sounds like you had a time. I didn't know about the Gregson, uh, Jimmy Johnson story and the little uh rv there so that's pretty sick i mean yeah. that's worth the price of admission alone in my opinion absolutely i've never had my <clears throat> phone blow up like that before yeah that's pretty sick i'm glad you had a good time um weather was good i'm assuming weather was great um it was pretty much 75 every day friday it got up into the 80s and then i think saturday it dropped down to like 60 but um other Can't than that complain. it was just it was gorgeous can't complain glad Not you had a good all. time yeah glad to be back though um, uh, oh i'm i'm sure there's some stories off air that can be told <laughs> i made my flight home by one minute oh god that's the worst because of how shitty... aren't so lucky yeah that uh, yeah sorry dude uh <laughs> that that shitty fucking orlando airport man i just i don't know what it is about that place i just can't win so Mac just kind of alluded to his story that's now incoming. He actually got to go to the stadium series game down in Raleigh, Raleigh, whatever, Raleigh, whatever. Um, <laughs> Caps take on the Canes. Uh, I guess take on might be a little bit of a stretch there, but Mac, I'll let you uh, kind of tell your story. All right. I'll make this as, as quick as I can, but uh, we, we do have to go back a couple days before the uh, event just to get the full story here. So uh, two things, two things, a piece of background info that you kind of need to know to make the whole thing make sense. Number one, I was traveling to Louisville, Kentucky, um, in the days directly leading up to the sporting event, which was Saturday. Um, so I was in Louisville, like what would have been Tuesday to Thursday of that week. Um, and then the other thing that you need to know is, my buddy and friend of the podcast, Stephen Baker, um, was planning on meeting us in Raleigh. He uh, happened to have to coach a uh, Baltimore Stars youth hockey tournament in Raleigh that weekend, and we just happened to have an extra ticket. So like months ago, I told him he could have that extra ticket and he'd be meeting up with us, sitting with me and the rest of the family at the game. So 
those are the two pieces of info you need now that you know them. Here's the story. I'm in Louisville. Doesn't really matter what I was doing there. It's not that important. Point is, it's it time was pretty for me. cool though. It was kind of cool. <laughs> I saw a lot of like tractors and stuff. We'll just leave it at that. But um, anyway, I'm supposed to leave. So basically, my plan was Thursday morning. I'm supposed to leave Louisville. We drove there, by the way, um, which is about a six-hour drive from Milwaukee. So Thursday morning, I'm supposed to drive from Louisville to Milwaukee, and then Thursday night. At like 6 p.m., I'm supposed to get on a flight from Milwaukee to Boston and then from Boston to Raleigh, which was supposed to get me into Raleigh like Thursday night at like midnight or something like that. And then Friday, the rest of my family would get there and then we would have a whole weekend in Raleigh and see the game on Saturday. That was the plan. That's not what happened. So uh, I leave Thursday morning from Louisville, crack of dawn. I'm talking, it's like 5.50 and I'm in the car, ready to go. I'm gassed up. I've got coffee and I'm ready to go. I'm just going to try to get it, get home as quick as I can. Um, so I at least have a couple hours of downtime and to like unpack my Louisville bag, repack a Raleigh bag and get to the airport in plenty of time. Um, the first wrench in the plan is that there's a huge, huge rainstorm in, in Kentucky, like over like basically the whole fucking state, it seems to me. Um, and so I'm leaving at 6 a.m. It's pitch black. I can't see shit even just because it's dark out and it is raining harder than I've ever like seen in my life before. Like I'm on the highest wiper setting and I'm like, does this go any further because it's not good enough. And so I literally can't see shit. I'm just like, kind of like I, you know, it's bad when I'm looking at my phone's GPS to see where the road goes. Yep. Oh, I'm God. like that. I'm like, Oh, there's a turn coming up. Thank you. iPhone. Yeah. I'm like, going to guess. Let's hope it goes well. Yeah. I think it's like right here. I like I'm going like 15 miles an hour on the highway. Like it, it was bad and it stayed dark. I was like, is the sun ever going to rise? Like went like it stayed dark for like an hour and a half. Cause I'm going I'm gaining an hour, right? Going back into Milwaukee. So it's like, I'm, I'm going back in time basically. So it stays like, yeah, Literally. that was a mess. Um, not to mention that day, there was also a massive snowstorm coming into Wisconsin. Oh so I drove out of the rainstorm and into the snowstorm. The whole <laughs> drive was fucking awful, uh, but we made it right. Okay. So I get there, I get to Milwaukee. I actually made pretty decent timing all things considered i had enough time to repack my bag get situated um may or may not have actually had time to consume a margarita then as well much needed uh, which i definitely earned after a drive like that um and you know i'm checking my phone the whole day like is this freaking flight gonna get canceled if it is i wish they would just tell me now because the worst thing that would happen is like go to the airport and then it gets canceled right and they're t- they're just saying like nope 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 it's radio silence. Keep in mind this is JetBlue flight. Fuck you, JetBlue. Yeah, never God. big time. Never again. Never again. Yep. Um, get to the airport. I'm going with my girlfriend, so her and I get to the airport. Right when we get to the airport, they're like, "Your flight's delayed 20 minutes." We're like, mm, "Okay." <laughs> then like within like five minutes span oh now it's delayed an hour and now i'm like well that's gonna be a problem because like i said before we're flying into boston and then boston to raleigh and we already only had like 20 minutes to make that connecting flight so i'm like well now we're not making that flight out of boston to raleigh tonight so go and talk to jet blue they're like there's no flights out of boston tonight they go to raleigh blah 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 we go back and forth we decide that what's going to happen now is they're like this flight they told me it has nothing to do with the weather 
but the JetBlue flight is stuck at JFK. The flight that you're supposed to get on is stuck at JFK in New York because it the it has like plane malfunctions. And I'm like, okay. Plane sure. sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. They and need I'm the like, plane doctor. But they're like, but it's gonna take off tonight. It just might not, it's it might be like a while, but you'll get on the flight tonight. That's what they tell me. I'm like, okay. So they're like, you're flying to Boston tonight. Just get on that flight. And then they rebooked me on a flight from Boston to Raleigh. Like first thing the next morning, I had texted with a buddy I was going to stay with in Boston. He lives right near the airport. So I was like, all right, not the end of the world, whatever. I'll still probably get there earlier than my family the next day. The only bummer there was we already paid for the hotel for Thursday night. So I was like, all right, well, shitty, but what are you going to do? So now we're at the airport way early because who knows when this fucking flight is coming. So Julia and I, we go, um, we sit down, I get a big ass Miller light. I'm almost done with the first one, about to order a second one. And then I get a call, like an 800 number call. And I'm like, I know exactly what this is. It's a recording from JetBlue. And they're like, your flight's just canceled now. Yep. I'm like, okay, well, good. So um, well, at any good. point, did you try and use the JetBlue app? Uh, no, I didn't even don't bother. because didn't it, even it just takes you to your own web browser. It's horrible. Oh, good. Yeah, that's excellent. So I go to the JetBlue stand and now now I really feel like Ryan Whitney because there's like a massive line at the JetBlue <laughs> thing of a bunch of people from Boston, mostly because most of them were trying to like actually fly to Boston. Uh, and they're all like, well, what the fuck? Like, what's going what, what are you going to do? I need to get to Boston. And I like and this one guy is talking to me. He's like. He's like, this sucks, man. We're not going to get, he's like, you and me, we're not going to get to Boston until like tomorrow now. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to Boston. I don't give it's a like, fuck about There like, is no we here. <laughs> Literally, no I'm we. just like, okay, shut up. So like, anyway, rewind maybe like 20, 30 minutes while I'm drinking this beer. Steven Baker's texting me because he knew about my whole nightmare travel day. And he's like, just checking in. He's like, I know about the weather and everything. He's like, did your flight take off? Whatever. So I had updated him being like, yeah, it's like. Not the best, but I'm sleeping in Boston tonight and then like going to fly to Raleigh in the morning. And he said something like that uh, or something along the lines of like, well, it seems like you got to figure it out. But if for some reason it'd be helpful, I'm driving from Baltimore to Raleigh tomorrow at like 9 a.m. So, I mean, if if last ditch effort you needed to like fly to baltimore or something that could work i literally said to him i was like oh word yeah i don't think that'll be necessary but i <laughs> but i appreciate it so now i'm in the fucking jet blue line i'm on my phone i'm looking up flights out of chicago i'm looking on other airlines i'm looking at milwaukee there's like nothing like this fucking raleigh airport apparently just no one flies there like there's like two flights a day no, that go to raleigh. charlotte exactly so uh i'm like i'm fucked and now i'm like thinking about this text he sent me and i'm like hold up i look milwaukee to baltimore southwest flight it's like the cheapest one out of anything first thing in the morning it leaves at like 5 a.m and it says it's gonna land in baltimore at 8 30 steven's like i have to leave at nine at the latest and i'm like i'm sending it fuck it like <laughs> fuck it we're doing it so we buy the flight uh, JetBlue like reimbursed us for the whole thing or whatever as they should. So that was fine, I guess. Uh, and yeah, that's what I did. I flew into fucking Baltimore and then Steven picked me and Julia up and then we drove six hours after I had just driven six hours from Louisville the day before, uh, drove six hours from Baltimore to Raleigh and we made it, uh, and you know, had a great weekend, hung out with the family game sucked. The caps are fucking awful. One of the worst hockey teams I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but positive note, the arena was sweet. Um, I mean, 
ice looked awesome. Really cool experience. Uh, fans around me were mostly pretty nice. Didn't have problems. Uh, good view, good seats. It's just, it's a special event. It was fun to be there. Uh, and I got to give big shout out to my dad and rest of my family for kind of helping me make that work and, uh, helping me pivot when shit hit the fan with the flights and the weather and all that stuff. So definitely a nightmarish couple of travel days there, but you know, all in all still feel pretty lucky, pretty blessed to have gone to an event like that. So that's pretty much the end of the story there. It is a sick stadium, especially like for college football too. That place gets rocking. Mm-hmm. How are the the Caniacs? Cool. Like, what's all that all about? I feel like Hurricanes fans. No, really I mean they're stupid them. and they suck. We all they know this, were but... kind of idiotic. Like they said a lot of stuff during the game that I'm just like, that doesn't even make sense. Have you ever okay. watched a hockey game? Maybe not. But um, I mean, no one was like rude to me at least. So hey, I appreciate southern, that. Southern, yeah. southern kind, something yeah. like that. I just Man. didn't know if they knew what they were talking about. Unhand me, Yankee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, in case you forgot, all of those stories were brought to you by Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay Apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. Wore my Brackish stuff in Daytona a ton. Helped keep the sun off of me. Obviously still got a little bit of color, but... uh desperately needed that but kept me cool during the day 85 had it on you know walking around doing stuff with black rifle they loved it they're all fishing guys they were asking about it so shout out to brackish life who just continues to win for us uv protection we ain't making it up all righty let's get into some news uh like i said at the beginning of the episode it's been two weeks since we recorded we're back from our bye week so a little bit of this is outdated we'll kind of breeze over maybe some of the older stuff here so first piece of information, I mean, you know, the Rangers, what else is new? Uh, they end up getting Vlad Tarasenko from the Blues as well as Nico Mikola in exchange for a conditional first round pick in this year, conditional fourth round pick in next year. And then Sammy Blay goes back to St. Louis along with Hunter Skinner. This one's a little bit older. We'll go over this real quick. I mean, the Rangers, are they're loaded, like. Well, this is like what happens when you take a player who like like a Tarasenko and put him on a team that can actually use him or where he actually wants to be. Um, They absolutely win this deal. No question. Yep. I don't have much more to say. I mean, I think he scored in his first game as a Ranger. So, of course, right. Like first shift too. maybe first shot. Yep. Probably. Probably. Um, all right. Like I said, a little older on that one, so we'll breeze over it. This one's a little bit newer. This one came to us earlier this week. The Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, they get Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari from the St. Louis Blues. In return, the Blues get Toronto's first rounder and some picks. And this was actually a three-way deal. The Minnesota Wild actually ended up getting a fourth-round pick from Toronto out of this. Yeah, Thoughts? they ended up retaining some salary on that. This was a this was an interesting one. I was actually, fun fact, at a bar in Raleigh with my dad and uh, Capitals legends Carl Alsner and Eric Fair when this uh, came through the wire. Got to kind of chat with those fellows about it, but definitely a big one. Uh, as we saw, Ryan O'Reilly already scored a hat trick with his new team. So, Episode uh, 100 legend Carl Alsner. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Hattrick, an assist, tied his career high in points in a game with four, all in his first game as a Leaf. I mean, Nick, your thoughts? Are the Leafs, are they are they a serious contender in the East now, you think? 
I so this is a great move for them. I honestly think this is a great move for both teams. I love the fact that the Blues are getting another pick in the first round and still potentially could Harry, like you said, end up with that top dog spot here uh, coming up over the summer. But I don't think this is as much of a home run as Leafs fans are buying into right off the bat. It's great that he scored a hat trick in his first game and stuff like that. I don't know if there's still enough there to make these guys a legitimate contender coming out of that division, especially when you've got Boston in there. So I would say cautiously optimistic if you're a Leafs fan, which has been your narrative for the last, what, 20 years? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so, so you know, same shit, different day. Tread with caution. Yeah. Um, will be interesting to see Toronto in the first round this year. They're going to end up getting Boston or Tampa. There's no way around it. It's most likely going to be Tampa again. We're going to get a round one rematch just like we did last year. I don't know. A lot of people would still take Tampa. I'd probably still take the Leafs. I'll probably end up losing that again. So, I mean, um, if they can find a way to get it done against Boston, that just, I mean, like it was for the Caps and the Penguins. I mean, that might just be the domino that needs to fall for them. So you never know. We'll see what happens. April's going to be a hell of a time. I can tell you that. Um, all right. the <laughs> This one just came over the wire about, I don't know, a half hour ago. Uh, strike while the iron's hot, I think is how the saying goes. The Washington Capitals have traded Dimitri Orlov and Garnet Hathaway to the Boston Bruins in exchange for Craig Smith, a 2023 first, a 2025 second, and a 2024 third round pick. I think it's worth noting that for Orlov, salary is retained. All right. This is so Weenie Hut Juniors here, boys. Like, this absolutely fucking sucks. Mac? I I hate it so much. I mean, honestly, when you look at the return, it's not the worst thing ever, but I just – I literally cannot swallow the pill of losing mostly Orlov. God love Garnet Hathaway. Love him to death. But, you know, he's only been on the team four or five years, something like that. So Orlov, man, that's a guy I wanted to to wear that sweater for his whole career. And and that guy just just the other night, like I was thinking uh, he, he laid an, a big open ice hit in the D zone as he, he often does. He's the only good like open ice hitting defenseman left in the NHL, like literally old school, he, hip check, he, butt check. Like, he can change, too. like there's yeah. nobody like him. There's seriously nobody like him. He's such a unique player, such a good player. And I love the way he joins the rush. He's, he's got a wicked like little backhand move, wicked shot when he, when he gets a chance to use it. Um, yeah, this one, this one fucking hurts bad, man. It, I can't remember the last time I was actually this upset about, a trade. This hurts way more than Vrana for me. Absolutely. I, I know a Not lot of Caps close. fans were like, oh my God, Vrana, the darling, whatever, dude. I That one at least like made kind of sense to me. Plus, we were like trying to gear up for the playoffs. This is like we're waving the white flag and we just got rid of like one of my favorite Caps. Like I, I said this to my buddy earlier today. Dmitry Orlov is probably one of my favorite Capitals of my lifetime. Like Absolutely. He, he's just one of the coolest players uh, that I've gotten the pleasure of of growing up and watching. So this one fucking hurts. I had um I had one of his jerseys. I had the 81 jersey way back in the day before he switched to nine. And I'm absolutely with everything you just said. I think if you're GM BM, you just dropped a huge BM in the Caps locker room too. Like yeah, these are two 
I mean, Garnet Hathaway was the heartbeat of your team for yeah. the better part of the last two, maybe even three seasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and talk about a guy that, you know, when we're playing like shit, you can send him out and he's just going to change the fucking game, like change the attitude of the game right then. Lay a big hit, score a greasy goal. I mean, how yeah, many guys you, you on the suck. Bruins like has he punched in the mouth too? You like, just sucked I mean, this the just life sucks. out of the team, and you made it worse by trading to the fucking Bruins too. Like that made it ten times worse. You like, absolutely gonna... sucked the life out of this team and the fan base by doing what you just did. If you send these guys to San Jose, Anaheim, the Kraken, fuck it, even the Golden Knights, I could live with. But like, same, same. like Stevie's on the Golden Knights. You know, get the boys yeah. back together. But right. like. To the Bruins, no. you're gonna have to play them like six times a year, man. Like this just fucking sucks. And Craig Smith, like, fuck off. <laughs> like I was hoping, like, oh, like maybe like a cheap get at Taylor Hall, where like the Bruins retain like twenty five percent or something. Yeah. No, no, not even fucking fuck close. That. It's Craig Smith, and I don't mind a first round pick. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's but the good, Bruins' the first round part. pick. Yeah, it's gonna it's be gonna like, like thirty first, thirty first or thirty second yeah. pick overall. Like, yeah, and the Caps are already, I don't know, they're gonna just in theory barely miss the playoffs. Like, they're gonna yeah. be around that like twenty five to twenty ish yeah. spot, and this is gonna be an extremely top heavy draft. I saw someone else saying McClellan, McClellan's just gonna fucking trade like half of these picks, not not the one this year, but those other picks for like some aging like defenseman in the offseason anyway. So Yeah, it's a tough situation there. I mean, I don't know. I'm not even trying to be like biased here, but I just don't think the Caps like really have what it takes to make the playoffs this year. Um I don't think the oh, Penguins do eat. I'm absolutely on board with you. And Mac, yeah. I think you nailed it. This is absolutely them waving the white flag. Yeah, this is a seller's move. Yeah. yeah. And like I've heard through the grapevine that Orlov was going to be asking for like a fuck ton for re-signing. So like, yes, I get it. But it's just like it it still hurts. It, even if it's the right decision, it hurts. And the again, the Bruins, like, oh, my God. As soon as I saw that, like he was scratched, I was like, OK, so he's getting traded. And in my head, I was like, good. Well, at least I can like root for whatever team he gets traded to. And like, maybe he'll win a cup again. That'll be fun. No, no chance. Can't Minnesota would have been fun. That would have been great. Detroit would have been fun. Fuck me. Seriously. Um, This is hands down, in my opinion, the worst trade they've made since the giant fuck up with Erat and Forsberg. Oh, wow. Going way back there. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't hate that. I, I mean, I'm not a Caps fan, so I can't really speak for you guys. But I, I could see where you're coming from. Yeah, and not that they would have been able to keep Forsberg anyways. Like he would have <laughs> wanted nine million at some point. You would have had to either sell the whole team. But still, like I mean, this just absolutely sucks as a Caps fan. So we'll uh, we'll see if this is the last move that the Caps make. I know per Kevin Weeks sounds like Washington still kind of in the mix and some trades. We'll see what happens with Lars Eller. That's a guy that I definitely would keep an eye on. I know a lot of teams are going to probably go for him. Um, so interesting to see what happens with DC coming down the stretch. The Rangers again, they get Tyler Mott in exchange for Julian Gauthier and a seventh rounder. The GOAT, um, Julian Gauthier. Go- Gauthier, Gauthier. Sorry. I'm, we know how this goes. Um, Jacob Chikrin, he remains scratched for the Coyotes until a trade is completed. I don't know what is taking so long for this. Feels like we've been waiting for two years for this guy to get traded. 
Can't send wait for to, it to not send happen. him to LA. I'm going all in on the Kings with my boy Morgan. Fuck it. Don't hate that. I think they're definitely one of the front runners from what we're hearing. Uh, the Blackhawks announced that Captain Jonathan Jonathan Taves will not be traded this season due to health concerns. Uh, he's been having some lingering battles. I think he had chronic health issues, and then he also has a couple long-term COVID symptoms that have been bothering him as well. So sounds um, like he's got it. like, from what I've seen, is like some like immune problem um, where it's just like his immune system is just super weak right now. So thoughts and prayers to him. I really hope this isn't how this guy's career ends. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one guy the Blackhawks haven't made a formal announcement on, and obviously this came out um, pretty much everywhere. Patrick Kane uh, still in play to get traded. Uh, it was obviously reported that he was upset when the Rangers got Tarasenko because it sounds like he wants to go to the Rangers. And ironically enough, our good friend of the program, Mark Cotoraro, is blowing up my phone as I am recording this right now. And it looks like that the Rangers for tonight have scratched uh, Kratsov and Jake Liechishin. I don't even know how to say that. Bless um, you. Yeah, thanks. Um, and per Forever Blue Shirts, our boy Anthony, Kane is very much still in the New York sweepstakes. If the Rangers get Patrick Kane, <laughs> I mean, they're the team to beat in my, as far as I'm concerned. On paper, for sure. I kind of don't want this whole super team thing to come into the NHL. And like, obviously, yeah. it's a salary cap sport. So you wouldn't get that like what like you would with like MLB or the NBA or something. But I don't know. I just and also because it's the Rangers. Well, it was like I know the, where you're going. If it was like the San Jose Sharks that were a super team, I'd be like, yeah, whose jersey am I getting? But yeah, yeah, it's not good, boys. But also. Also, I don't know. Let me just play devil's advocate here for a second. And I know this isn't the same thing at all, but I'm trying to think of like other teams in in recent history that have been like really good already and then added like a huge name right before the deadline or even two huge names right before the deadline. And everyone's like, no way. And then they just like peter out in the second round or whatever. The Wings um, have done that a couple of times in like late 90s, early 2000s. Stars mm-hmm. did it. Abs yep. did it a couple times too. Yep. I'm even thinking of some of the good Capitals teams that tried to add like big fucking household names like Shattenkirk or whatever. I mean, again, I know that's not where I'm not trying to compare Shattenkirk to well, Patrick Kane right now. You're forgetting but... elite NHL sniper and former international drug smuggler Mike Richards. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, that's then. another good one. Yeah. No, it's it's you know, it's adding a big name. Patrick Kane has been playing really, really well recently so i mean it's definitely scary to think about but i'm just playing devil's advocate here saying just because he gets traded there if he does doesn't mean it's a uh an automatic there's definitely still a lot of a lot of pressure a lot of shit they're gonna have to go through so it would absolutely uh, like be a rental too right oh i would think so i, I mean, don't know the i don't know the contract situation i, I don't, don't know I don't how know. you could make that work but if it's not him it's everyone else on that team now becomes a rental <clears throat> mm-hmm uh, one team that I definitely think we should all be keeping an eye on coming up here for the deadline is the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they just placed Mark Stone on LTIR, which now creates nearly $10 million of cap space ahead Wait, of the you, trade deadline. Are you talking about the Vegas uh, missed the playoffs for two years in a row Golden Knights? Or are you, is that the same team? Or 
Is this escape? You were mental? very high on them a couple months ago for being honest. Yeah, but remember my most recent episode, what my what my yes, big prediction fair. was that you they're gonna call miss that. the playoffs, and I stand by it. And we're and talking also, about um escaped 1960s mental patient Mark Stone, right? Oh Jesus God. <laughs> when wow. I when I was big on this team, it was because Logan Thompson was playing well early in the year, and now he's injured and he kind of petered out anyway. And you're not winning a Stanley Cup with Aiden Hill. I don't even think you're making the playoffs with Aiden Hill. So, but you um, know who they did just pick actually? Up. Aiden Hill is like hurt now too. He is like day to day or some shit. So get wrecked. Yeah, they got Laurent Brossois or whatever. No, no, no. They picked up the mayonnaise vacuum. Oh, they did get. Yeah, I saw. Did you see who? how they listed that trade? It literally Dyson said, Mayo. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> literally said who did they trade him to? Do you remember? Uh, or. Arizona? Who, they got yeah, him from he, Arizona. But yeah. who did they trade, I meant? Do you remember who they I could uh, not tell you. Well, I saw you like that tweet. Whatever it was, it under it said whoever mm. uh Arizona got, and then it said it just said Mayo under <laughs> Vegas, and it was like this makes it literally look like they got a jar of mayo as <laughs> Jay Weber. Yes, that's what it was. The contract of Shea Weber that's and like right. or something. But <laughs> Coyote's legend yeah. <laughs> along with Marion which is, Hosa which is about Datsuk. Which is about what Shea Weber's contract is worth right about now. A jar of mayo. So <laughs> kind of makes sense. Is mayonnaise an instrument? Is mayonnaise a trade chip? <laughs> oh my god. Um, or I don't even know how to respond to that. So we move on. Uh, Matt Barzell up on Long Island. He's out week to week for the Islanders. Initial reports were indicating the se- the injury could be season-ending. Islanders L. have since released a statement that it's week-to-week. Missing the playoffs, L. Really? If wow. this is long-term, I think this might be like a killer for this team. But, I, I mean, like, like you said initially when I saw it, they said it was season-ending. So, who knows? Mac, I just want to send you a uh, a kind, gentle reminder here that if the Capitals miss the playoffs – and the Penguins make the playoffs, there is a certain wager that was made at the start of this season. Hold on a minute. I thought, I thought, t- we, agree- I thought we agreed that it, it's only valid if they both make it. I got to go back and listen. I'm pretty sure we said if both make I it. I think you guys have flip-flopped on this. Like, No, I'm going to. I swear that was part no, of the. Hang on. Let me speak my piece here. I'm pretty sure it was if one of us makes it, then the loser loses the bet. But if we both make it, the bet is off. whoever goes farther, right? It, yeah, yeah. It, like you had to advance a round. If we okay. ended right. in the same right. round, it was a tie. I have right, to double check that, would... that. But okay, we'll see. I okay. I hope that's still the case. Well, they also they might both fucking miss. Both, so. and, and all I'm saying is the Penguins could miss and the Caps could make it. Like the, that's totally yeah. possible. Uh, too. I don't know about that one. I don't but, know about yeah. that one either. But <laughs> <laughs> um. Predators Ryan Johansson will be out until mid-May, meaning his regular season is over. And then Jake Muzzin for the Leafs has been ruled out for the remainder of the year. Big blow for the Leafs blue line. Uh, some key extensions here. Elite NHL defenseman Oli Mata gets a two-year extension for $3 million a year. I have Boys, no idea how that works. Iser plan is in full effect. Guy's going to have 70 goals next year. Mark my words. He's an elite sniper, yeah. uh, you know, elite goal scorer. Oh, God. Uh, LA Kings extend Mikey Anderson to eight years, uh, $4 million per, $4.125 million per. Uh, that about wraps it up for the news. We'll move on just to the discussion segment of the episode. But before we do, I think Nick has a word from our sponsor, Kane Footwear. Boys, I just want to throw some numbers at you here. Um, in <laughs> one day, Friday, 
at Daytona International Speedway. Do you know how far I walked? No. Uh, 10 miles. Oh, shit. Do you know how far I walked the entire time I was there? About 30. Okay. Um, Guess what I had on my feet the whole time? Wow. Cane footwear. Guess who was stopping me left and right, taking pictures, asking where I got these shoes, asking if they were Crocs, which no, they're not. Sorry, Florida. Um, Unbelievable. Kept me comfortable the whole time. No blisters. Kept my feet cool. It was amazing. Um, like my socks were not disgusting. My feet were not disgusting. Our hotel room smelled like a barn. My feet didn't. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Go check out cane footwear today. Head to the link in our bio, get a pair of the most comfortable shoes you will ever own. Sounds good. Uh, let's move into the discussion portion of the episode. Here's my question to you two. Who is one guy that you would consider an underrated name? that could be dealt at the deadline that could make a difference for a team. So someone who's not named Patrick Kane, Jacob Chikrin, et cetera. I got to go with Jake McCabe to the Leafs. We were talking about this a little bit in our group DMs earlier, but I really like that move. I think he's been really, really solid for the Hawks all year. Kind of a guy that had a ton of hype coming out of juniors, uh, was with Buffalo, I believe, for a little bit. Didn't really mm-hmm. get a good kick at the can. I feel like he's just been on some bad teams, hasn't been able to find a role, and I think is like a a third pairing, maybe even a second pairing defenseman for the Leafs. I think that guy would be awesome. I agree. Mac, do you have a name? You go first. Uh, I got Max Domi. I think he's a guy who could definitely make uh, a difference in a lineup. He was obviously with the Canes last year. Uh, with the Blackhawks this year, but a guy who can muck it up, he can score. Uh, he's got some hands on him, so I wouldn't be shocked to see him be a pivotal third line player for a team that makes a deep run. Uh, I mean, they, the Boston just got Hathaway, so I don't think that's in play anymore. But that was originally my thought: is someone like the Bruins, maybe the Lightning, that would be a good fit there too. I think so. he definitely like gets moved a lot, but and I know he's been on like some bad teams, like he's been on the Hawks, he's been on the Jackets, he's been on uh, the Yotes, but he kind of does score big goals in big moments. Mine, uh, mine's gonna be Adam Henrique. I feel like that's a guy that like you know kind of flies under the radar in general, um, but total guy where it's like you trade him to a team that is actually in like good playoff standing and watch him score like seven goals in like four games or some shit like that in the first round. So I, I don't know. That's fine. Uh, my runner up, by the way, Ivan Barbashev. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't hate either of those. Yeah. I like the Henrique one also has some pretty uh, big playoff goals in his history with the Devils right? and junior career too. And I yep. mean, how can you put a value on depth center, right? Yeah, and he comes to play in big moments, like you said. Yeah. Uh, We'll move on to some trade rumors. Just a reminder that the trade deadline is uh, on Friday, March 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern, so we'll definitely be watching out for that. Uh, This one makes no sense to me. I don't know how this one works, but according to Pierre LeBron, the Blues are willing to give up two first-round picks for Timo Meyer, a team who just traded their captain and arguably best player, is now trying to give up two first-round picks for Timo. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, who's going to tell them that they're not making the playoffs? Like, don't they get it? Why why would they have been selling all of that if, like, that doesn't make any fucking sense? The only thing I can think here is that they're just trying to jumpstart a rebuild so they're not, like, complete ass next year. But so get him and sign him to a big deal right Right. away. Like, lock him up. 
eight he, by eight or something. Is he expiring? I don't even know. I couldn't tell you. I would assume so if he's like a big trade name right now. Right. Like, I, I mean, I he know. has been for the last couple seasons too. Him and Hurdle have both been the guys talked about in San Jose, and now you've thrown Carlson in the mix. But I think Myra would be sick on the Blues. I've also heard the Devils are interested in him as well, which I kind of hate being the Metro. But I mean, it just would seems make the way. Too much sense. It would. Yeah, he'd be a perfect fit there. Um, I think they're probably the most likely team to land him is from what everybody's read, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Chris Johnson reports that the Predators are shopping Matias Ekholm with a price of two first-round picks, and they are definitely receiving some interest from some teams. This was the guy last year, I think, either last year or two years ago. Everyone thought he was going to go at the trade deadline. He didn't. He signed the extension. Here we are again. History repeats itself. What do you guys think? I think this is a little bit high of an ask. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone still paid it. I don't really think a playoff contender would pay this. Um, nor do I think they would have the picks to give up. I think you'd probably be looking at someone that's going full rebuild and just wants some veteran depth. Uh, first thing that comes to mind, I mean, maybe out of a playoff team, you could think Seattle would be giving up something like this just for yeah. um, depth, maybe mini. Um, and then, of course, Edmonton, you're going to have to throw in there because of the whole defenseman thing. I think LA is another team. If they can't land Chikrin, they could definitely be in the mix. He'd be a good piece for any of those. I mean, he's a big stay-at-home defenseman. So The Caps were looking at him for a little <clears throat> bit, like a couple years ago. I definitely remember seeing those rumors. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if like Winnipeg jumped on this either. That would, that would be sense. a good fit. I could see that. I'm excited to talk about this next one, actually. All right, so per Elliot Friedman, the Ducks and John Gibson would love to find him a new home. Um, all right, so he stated that the Penguins and the Bruins seem to be that the uh, that's not related. Sorry, um, Ducks. John however, Gibson. however, I could see him in Pittsburgh. Yeah, big time. I could totally see Gibson to the Penguins. He's from Pittsburgh, so it would make yep. a lot of sense. Um, Is I that don't... why he's such a shitbag? <laughs> No, I don't hate it. Let me hear me out. Gibson, historically, we know what he's done this season. The Ducks suck. Like, they're they're awful. They have the worst special teams in the league. They have the worst record in the league. I don't really know what you expect. I think if he got a fresh new start on a team, especially the Penguins, which is where he's from, where he could have a chance at a playoff run, I think he could be very useful. And not to mention – if you're the Penguins, and I screamed about this last episode, and I'll scream about it again at the State of the Union, they need a backup goaltender. I don't trust Tristan Jari to stay healthy. I don't trust Casey DeSmith as a backup. We saw what happened last year where we were holding on to our coattails with spicy pork and rice or whatever the fuck it was. Like, you can't have that happen and be your hope for the playoffs. So what you're I'm saying is you don't want, like, a continuous 1A, 1B cycle with your goaltenders, right? It's not even one A one B. We like Jari's the one. We just need a backup. I want a one A one B. I actually want that. You That's so you, you want someone to come in and do like a seventy thirty split. Like Jari gets seventy percent of the game. Someone that comes in and can win. Yes, some portion of those thirty percent, or even sixty forty, something like that. Okay. I just that's how I, I. We've never had that. We haven't had that one A one B since Murray and Flurry. That's the truth. Yeah, and I kind of wish. I had that even though I hated it when I had that. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Yep. They've paved paradise and put and up they a put parking, up a parking lot. lot. 
that yeah so we'll we'll see what happens uh i do think what i was gonna say earlier about luke shen the penguins and the bruins are two teams interested in him i will just fucking give up and go kill ron hextall myself if i have to if they trade for luke shen i yeah that's a dumb ass so like he was the bolts seventh d man right in during their cup runs yeah I think that's a great role. I don't really see him as being a giant factor, which is why I was confused that both the Penguins and the Bruins were interested because I would imagine the Bruins aren't anymore now that they've just got Orlov and they've got, I mean, they're probably, they're probably set on D. I don't, I really just don't see why the Penguins would bring this guy in other than being the seventh defenseman. And you can never have enough D-men in the playoffs. We all know that. But, like, it it's just not the move. You like, can have Matt Irwin. <laughs> thanks. Elite NHL defenseman Matt Irwin, by the way. Put some respect on his name. Um, we need a goalie or we need bottom six. I'll talk about all this in the State of the Union coming up here shortly. But um, those are the trade rumors flying around. We'll be finding out a lot in the next week is what I do know. Um, when we record on Tuesday night, I'm sure we'll have something new to talk about. Let's talk about the gambling segment, but before we do, I think Mac has a word from our sponsor, SharpRank. Yeah, this season, all of our picks are powered by SharpRank. If you like sports gambling, you should go ahead and download SharpRank on iPhone or Android. It's on the App Store for both. Go ahead, download the app. You'll figure it out. It's a pretty easy app to use, but basically, you can just log your picks, keep track of all your wins and losses, and uh, compete against your friends if you want, compete against the worldwide leaderboard. And uh, kind of keep yourself honest and 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 go from there. It's a fun way to track your bets. And uh, if you're in a sport or uh, if you're in a state where it's legal, you can actually place real bets on there too. So yeah. good app, good times. Thanks to the people at SharpRank. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> run through this quick. Uh, these stats were as of Tuesday, so if they're slightly outdated, apologies in advance. But it is what it is. Deal with it. Uh, Canucks over six and a half has hit 10 games in a row. That's probably the hottest stat there is. Uh, the Minnesota wild under six and a half hit in nine of their last 10. Uh, the Red Wings, they have won six of their last seven now, and they've been underdogs in three of those six wins. Uh, the most recent at the caps the other night, plus plus one forty. Uh, Dylan Larkin and Brent Burns both have points in nine of their last 10 games. That Larkin stats a little off cause he, got suspended last game after basically trying to take off TJ Oshie's head with his stick. I didn't realize the university of Michigan had a good dentist school. Oh, wow. That was a good one. Yeah. Nine out of 10. Um, Also just real quick, shout out Sparty for all they've been going through Spartan strong. It's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Larkin's nine of his last 11, but Brent Burns is 10 of his last 11. So worth noting there. Dawson Mercer of the New Jersey Devils, a name that flies under the radar. He's got five goals in his past four games. Um, So those are some guys to keep an eye on. And the Canucks in the wild, some teams to watch in terms of the totals. Uh, We've had the daily over on our show before. He's definitely a good follow, too, to uh, keep up with all that stuff. So go follow him on Twitter. Caps, State of the Union. I know we talked a lot about the trade earlier. So Mac has a anti-scientific method as to how the Caps can make the playoffs, I'm assuming? It was that a couple days ago. I don't know if I don't know if there's any anti-science or real science to to get them oh. into the playoffs anymore, but anytime um, empty betters is about to do science, you 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 know it's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, you know it's good. Basically, okay, this was this was my uh my thought process 
on Monday, I believe, when I was looking at uh, the rest of the cap schedule and I was being a homer and talking myself into how they were going to make the playoffs. Um, but, you know, you could if you're listening and you're not a Caps fan, you're a fan of some other team, you can go ahead and and do this with your team. It's especially helpful if uh, if they're a bubble team. Uh, basically, what I did, I just pulled up their schedule. Right. And I looked at every single game and I just tried to say in my head, like, OK, do I think they're going to win that game? Yes or no. And if it's yes, okay, there's two points. If it's no, move to the next one. If it's like maybe, okay, we'll throw one in there. Just keep adding that number until you get to the end of the season. And then you add that number to the current amount of points they have. And you're like, okay, how many points would they finish with? Would that probably get them into the playoffs or not? Yes or no. Uh, Now that we don't have Orlov or Hathaway, um, I would have to to redo my – scientific method but i don't think it'd be a very good one uh i don't think i'd be too pleased with the number i'd come up with so um yeah all that shit's out the window basically it's also the cab so any game you think they're gonna win they're not gonna win and then i was already wrong supposed to win i was already wrong i was like yeah the red wings uh yeah that should be two points it was perfect like what was it zero yeah last weekend like they had the bruins and sharks back to back and they like they like regulation w against the bruins regulation loss against the sharks at home yeah like they could not have looked like two different hockey teams too Yeah. yeah No, it's classic. It's crazy how much things change in a week. Because after that Bruins game, everybody was like, oh, the Caps, like, yeah, they're, they're oh, going to make a run. It's the yeah. second loss the Bruins have had at home all yeah. season in regulation. Oh, the yeah. Washington Capitals are a legitimate contender. Yep, yep. Yeah, and then five straight regulation losses and trade to your best players and season's over. So that's pretty much that's pretty much it for the state of the union. Honestly, I mean, yeah, we're, we might not have a formal depression day this off season. Or this is off-season. it. This might be it right here. This might be it. <laughs> this might be depression day. No, we need a lot more tears and hate and alcohol and sunglasses involved. For it oh, to be I'm up. sure we'll, I'm sure we'll trade another one of my favorite players like in the next <laughs> couple days and we can do it all over again on Tuesday. Uh, we're going to move on to the Penn state of the union. I want you guys to give me some feedback on this. Cause this team is just, I don't know what to make. And they're probably the one team in the East where everybody doesn't know what they're going to get. According to moneypuck.com, they have a 56.2% chance of making the playoffs. And if you've watched any of their last five or six games, it just is mind-boggling to think that. Uh, They do have the advantage in having some games in hand compared to some other wildcard teams. But, you know, they've played really bad in the last week. They've lost three divisional games, two to the Islanders and one to the Devils. I got to give props to one guy who I think does not get talked about enough. Ilya Sorokin is... He is him. Like, he's that dude. He's freakishly good. I would honestly when say. When he's on, he is on. Yeah. I, I, he's battled some injuries in previous years, but I'd say this season, he's the best He's the best Russian goaltender in New York as far as I'm concerned. I mean, right now, I'd take yeah. him over Igor. I might get filleted for saying that. but No, nah, this season, I'd probably agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I know last season we know what Igor did, but right now Sorokin's he's got to be one of the front runners for the Vesna as far as I'm concerned. Can I say something about the Penguins and about what you just said about their games in hand? Yeah. So I kind of feel like it's like being on the Titanic, right? And there's a there's a dude in the water, and you're like, that guy has an eleven percent chance of surviving. He's about to drown. He's in the water and he's like drowning right now while I'm looking at him. And then there's this other dude who's like on like the boat a little bit but he's like gonna fall in the water but he's not in there yet and you're <laughs> Wait, like how far under is the boat 
Oh, the boat is like most definitely the whole thing is like going sticking straight up yeah, and down yes, now. Basically. It's already snapped yes, in half. Yes, okay. Yes. Yeah. And this guy's just on the part of the boat that's not in the water yet. And you're like, well, that guy has like a 50% chance of living though. Cause he's not drowning yet. He's not cold yet. <laughs> he's not. He looks he looks fine right now. I mean, and you're just waiting. He's you're listening waiting. to the music that they're playing as they yeah, continue to sing. I mean, like sink. the Penguins. Yeah, sure. They've played like three or four less games than like a bunch of other people. But what happens when they like lose three or four of those games? That's, and then, that's I, the yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's kind of what I think, but I don't know. <laughs> I think I don't hate what you're saying. I mean, they don't look like they can win those three or four extra games. My thing with the Penguins is they have Patriot syndrome to me. Until I see them not make the playoffs, yeah. they're going to make it. That's what a lot of people That's say. also fair, and I don't I don't <laughs> disagree with you on that one. But I don't know. I just feel like the whole goalie situation, like Harry was saying. Like, it's definitely it a problem. It hasn't gotten any better. It's Jari's hurt or just Smith's hurt or they're both hurt or one of them sucks. The other one's okay. Like It just it yeah. doesn't inspire any confidence. We have statistically this is not made up if you don't follow jay fresh hockey on twitter he's an excellent follow comes out with all those fancy little player cards that people retweet that you might see on your uh, timeline where it has like a percent we have the worst not third line line the worst line in hockey in jeff carter kasperi kapanen and danton heinen or i'm sorry brock mcginn that line has the worst jay fresh rating out of all 143 <laughs> lines in the NHL that have existed this season. Have you seen the Brock McGinn tweets where it's like horrible. so people funny. just keep so tweeting funny. his entire like his his game Awful. logs going the back one to you like sent mid-December was hysterical. Going back to like mid-December, and the only numbers you see are just like time on ice. And he's playing like kind of a lot of time on ice, like every yep. game, but yep. there's no goals, no assists, no points, barely any shots. No, just like it's just time nothing. on ice. But, yeah. And some one of them was like, Is Brock McGinn alive? But the other, <laughs> the really funny one was Brock McGinn's just out there doing cardio. <laughs> oh yeah, my he's god, really just, he's just out there working out, and that's oh it. Oh my god. And, and the strangest part of this is the first two months of the season, he had like 10 goals in like 23 games. I picked him up on fantasy. I was like, he's a monster right now. And he's just going ice cold. And the part that drives me fucking nuts, I'm losing a lot of faith. We have no bot. We have no depth. I mean, it's not. I read something. I think I screenshot it. My phone's charging. Apologies. We have Gensel, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang signed for less money this season than Tampa does for their three best players, Stamkos, Kucherov, and Hedman. We have less money tied up in four guys than they do three. And well, we still suck. We that's still suck. That's because one of your players is like borderline OCD superstitious and has to have this contract be eight, seven, eight, yeah, seven. Yeah, but but all <laughs> things like it, like that just we have four of our best players signed for less than Tampa's three best, but our GM's incompetent and can't put together a team. At what and, point are you gonna suck. start saying that maybe the Flyers legend is doing a little oh, bit I've already of an said inside it. job i've already said it yeah. I, I, if people have seen the tweet i tweeted tuesday after they yeah. lost 
I guaranteed the Oilers, as we're recording this, beat the Penguins. I said I'd put five units on. I, I knew what you were myself. doing the second I'm you put that myself out. Of no, this. it's a little reverse psychology here. Oh, they are, yeah. <laughs> the Penguins are losing two to one after one right now. Just so you know. And guess who scored? Probably I know McDavid scored one. He probably has two. I will I, say this I as a can't. Washington Capitals fan who has suffered through many, many different forms of playoff heartbreak. It does me so much happiness to see that Brock McGinn is hurting the pittsburgh penguins that's just like a double yeah. whammy for me so that is kind of funny yeah. it's just it's it's not a good time it, in the schedule upcoming i mean I, i'll look so at like, it right now the but. question i'll propose to you here is uh like what what move if you had to pick one would you like to see them do at the deadline like which way do you want to see it go well they can't sell i mean Honestly, I'm surprised the Capitals are selling because. But like, are like you Ovi are you would... thinking like moving Petrie for someone else? Are you thinking of like? I wouldn't hate it. I know they said he's on. There was rumors saying he's on, and then Friedman confirmed he's not on the trade block. I, the problem is the only person on our team that's worth something that people would be interested in is Pierre Joseph. But I don't want to get rid of him. He's young. He's good. He's, you know, like, I I like the way he plays. He's one of our best players and he's not, you know, he's on a rookie deal. So I think you could move Kapanen to like a non contender, but you would have to probably retain 50%. And at that point, is it even not going to get much for him? Not going to get much. No one wants Dumlin. Nobody wants Carter. I mean, well, it's it's probably Carter's just retired in place at this point. Like no one's going to trade for him. And uh, well, sorry, Arizona will trade for his contract when he's done. But yeah. I mean, that's about it. Um, I have seen, and I'm not a fan of this, and this would be a seller's move if they do this, so I don't think it'll happen. I've seen Zucker's name out there. He's a pending UFA at the end of this season. He's had a really mm-hmm. good year. He's finally healthy, but if you get rid of him, you're throwing in the towel. It just screams Red Wings to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting ride. We'll see how, uh, when we record Tuesday night, we'll see where I am mentally. By the way... Uh, yes, the Oilers are up 2-1, and that parlay I sent you guys a screenshot of earlier, two of the guys that I have in there have scored for the Oilers, so now I'm going to start sweating. Just there you go. Just put that out there. All right. I'm done. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Someone else close out the show. This sucks. Um, well, do you have it's a... baseball season now. There you me. go. Um, go Marquette basketball, too, by the way. Hell yeah. There you go. Uh, big win for you guys. You guys got revenge on um, Lil Roadie, and then um, you've had some big ones, right? Yeah, we just beat Creighton on the road. Uh, we are number one in the Big East. We basically have that locked up. We're probably going to be either a two, three, or four seed in March Madness, which is fucking crazy to me, but yep. That would be sick. Sparty hit a huge one against Indiana, obviously coming off the school shooting. That was amazing. Um, Tom Izzo crying on the court after the game. That was amazing to see. Um, you gotta love big wins like that. I can't stand Indiana basketball. Um, sorry, Samansky, but like you guys, <laughs> you guys only win games at home, and then any win, anytime you travel somewhere else, you guys kind of suck. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. Happens. Uh, one last thing I do want to say. This is completely unrelated to sports, so just bear with me. Um. I don't know if if you're in the DMV area, uh, really cool spot if you're ever like trying to do a little tiny getaway and not break the bank. Um, there's a little spot in Virginia called Luray, Virginia, which I don't know if either of you have been to. They are famous for their caverns yep. the underground and see the caves and such. Got to escape there for a little getaway for uh, Valentine's Day with the missus. So that was nice. It looked like a lot of fun. 
Yeah, no, it was it was a good time. It was relaxing. Um, had a hot tub at the crib. So, Atta um, boy. if any of you are trying to do a little tiny getaway, you know, not break the bank, don't have to fly, you're in the DMV, check out Luray, Virginia. It's like a poor man's deep creek, as I would say. So, okay. I think that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, not not as much to do. Um, it's definitely in the wilderness, so keep that in mind. But uh, that about wraps it up for this episode. Oh, I got um, something. Oh, no, this does not wrap it up for this episode. Mac, I know you win airport rants and travel rants for this episode, but I actually have two, one on my way down and one on my way back from Daytona. So let's hear it. I flew into Orlando, uh, which is about an hour north of Daytona. If I'm doing geography correct, if I'm not, it's an hour south, whatever. It's Florida. No one knows. Um, Let's be real. What is everyone flying into the Orlando airport for? Disney. Disney. Yeah. I am on my flight down to Orlando and I'm like, I'm sitting in like seat row, like row nine, like window seat, love and life. No one's next to me. This is going to be a great flight. Onto the plane comes a 35 year old's Disney bachelorette party. Wow. And they weren't sitting near each other, but they wanted to hang out the whole flight. And I'm talking like matching T-shirts, matching ears. The bride had white ones. I'm sorry, like Disney adults freak me the fuck out. Like it's this, so bad. It's this so is so cringe. bad, guys. It's like so cringe. I hate like, it so much. I was like, I'm looking at these girls. Like you guys have like Gucci bags and like nice stuff. I'm like, you guys have money, and you're choosing to go to Disney for someone's bachelorette party. Like, what in the hell is the matter with you? It's so stupid. I've been to Disney World once. I have zero desire to go back. I don't think if I have children, I will never take them there. I'm sorry. I'm, that might sound like a dick move as a parent, but I've been there and I'm done. Take I'm them good. to fucking Hershey Park. It's better and exactly. cheaper and more fun. Like, fuck, Disney's dumb as fuck. I said it. it Dude, and then on I'm my way you. out. It took me an hour and 45 minutes to get through cir- like security at the Orlando airport. It is just an absolute zoo there. I have no idea what's going through those people's brains. You've got kids running in all different directions with Disney this, Disney that. Um, It's a crazy international airport. So, I mean, you've got people flying all over the place. I totally understand that fact, but I've never seen so much dysfunction. Um, I've never seen so many incompetent people trying to go through security like they've never been on an airplane before. Um, Like, do you really think that maybe you didn't need to take your shoes off or maybe you didn't need to take like the three things they told you to take out of your bag, like your laptop. And it was just one of those, like, you know, that you see in the movie where like the person brings their bag out, goes, Oh, sorry. Forgot about that. Like takes out like, you know, the, the sealed like bottle of Malibu or something and has to throw that away. And then there's also their cell phone and their laptop. It was just, like I've said to Harry, like whenever we fly together, it's an absolute moron parade. Like, I don't understand what is going on with people, how you don't get how this works by now. It's the worst that humanity has to offer. It really it? is, man. Like, it just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. What's the way home one? Or was that the way home one? Oh, that was the way home one. Do you have one there or no? That was the bachelorette one. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. That, n- duh. Makes sense. No. I gotcha. I'm always thinking, Nick, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mac, any final notes? Are you good? I'm all good. 
All right. Well, we appreciate the love and support, everybody, as always. It's good to be back. It's going to be a mad sprint from now until playoffs. It's going to be a fun one. Last thing I'll say, it's kind of good if the Caps make the playoffs for this podcast. It keeps things fresh, keeps things energized. Honestly. Keeps the beers getting stolen, so I'm all for it. (laughs) I'll say it now. The boys could use a long offseason. Don't. Yep. Don't. Don't don't say that. Come on, yeah. man. For the sake of the pod, we kind of I don't even it. yeah, but this trade I feel like just means they're not like they're just straight up not even unless they're gonna flip Craig Smith for something else. Oh I don't God. know. No, I feel like this trade is literally them being like, No, thank you. Like we would not like <laughs> yeah, to make we're the good. playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. Uh we'll we'll see what happens. Thanks everybody for the love and support as always. And without further ado, class dismissed.